I just started working uh, part time at a at a restaurant and then I signed for with a modeling agency. And I remember I'll never forget it. My first check from one of the modeling jobs was the same amount that I used to get paid for two weeks of being a therapist with my whole master's degree. Mm. At that moment, I knew I fucked up. Yo, back again with another episode of Attractive Mindset and today's special guest, this young lady. From the moment I met her, I felt like I knew her for a long time. The vibe was <laughs> automatically there, all smiles, super friendly, super knowledgeable, super assisting. You know, I almost fell down some steps and she had my back immediately. You know what I'm saying? You're welcome. And so, you know, I just want to welcome today, Miss Kristen Live. Thank you. Thank you. I am happy to be in here. Yes, In yes. the building. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I like long walks on the beach. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I am a former therapist turned full-time content creator uh, turned podcast host. We have mm. a new podcast as well. Check out Toxic Synonymous. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been making content and finding out ways to monetize it for the past 10 years or so. Yep. Um, Obviously on different scales every Mm -hmm. year. It's like a different situation. But um, I think I'm finally getting to a point where I'm comfortable where I'm at. Um, Yep. So. Okay, 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 cool. You so might there's have a lot seen me to on break your timelines or whatever. Yes, <laughs> most definitely. And so with the content, like, have you always been into content? Have you always been more of a like digital age kind of person? Like growing up, what was that like for you? Um, so originally I started Instagram just like everyone else starts Instagram, you know, to keep up with their friends and to keep up with current events, whatnot, celebrities. And um, I just was posting regular pictures, but um, I was in like the club industry because who I was attached to at the time worked in clubs and booking girls and that kind of stuff. So a lot of my girlfriends were also, you know, girls that would host clubs and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they would shout me out. So that's kind of like what kind of got my start that I would get shouted out a lot. Mm. by people that had bigger followings and stuff and then just overnight it started growing a little bit more and a little bit more so that was like the beginning but I still never really wanted to go in that direction because there was not that direction to go at the time yeah there was no social media influencer it was very much so if you had following then you can get paid to host clubs but other than that what else was there so um I think I'm aging myself right now, too, because, you know, I'm saying like back in my day. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was like, what, 2011 ish Mm -hmm. that Instagram started becoming a thing. Um, But anyways, I didn't really take it seriously until I started modeling and modeling was just a means to end for me. Like I never wanted to be a model, nor did I want to like be in that industry but um i used it as a stepping stone because i'm like okay well if i could get dope pictures and they could go viral then i'm gonna get a lot of followers and i'm gonna get these brands and they're gonna pay me Mm. 
So I always had like that business mentality when it came to social media and I just worked at it and now I'm here. Okay. Okay. And so you said you went from being a therapist going into social media. And so what was that like change of field? Like, because you're leaving (laughs) something that's, you know, a lot more secure and then going into something that's super volatile. You would think that, right? Hmm. So the thing about therapy and in my industry, I was working with drug rehabs. Mm. I was an addictions counselor. Okay. So it was actually very unstable, that job, um, mm. because these addiction treatment centers would get sued. They would get shut down. Um, you're dealing with clients that have attachments to you that are unhealthy. Um, they stuck you. And, you know, there was a lot going on behind the scenes of my therapist job, which I loved. Don't get me wrong. I love psychology. I loved, you know, even though I got my master's and I'm not using it, I don't feel like it was put to waste because the knowledge that I gained is going to carry me throughout my life forever. But um, it just, I don't think that it was the appropriate time because I did have those issues that were happening outside of the workplace that were coming from the workplace and they were following me home so you know not clients directly following me yeah. home but they were finding my social media pages they were you know like making it a point too got it so um and that's not why i quit but two treatment centers got shut down not from my own fault it was just they got sued and it's like okay now i have to scramble and find another job i was very much so like whoa my job is required um i'm I'm depending on somebody else to be employed so that was scary and then i just started working uh part-time at a at a restaurant and then i signed for with a modeling agency and i remember I'll never forget it. My first check from one of the modeling jobs was the same amount that I used to get paid for two weeks of being a therapist with my whole master's degree. Mm. At that moment, I knew I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So hold on. So, wow, that's that's super important. So you even having a master's, getting put in a field that you did years, how long did it take you to get your master's? In addition to changing majors, because it wasn't a straight line of me going to get my master's, I at first wanted to be a pharmacist Mm. and I signed up for pharmacy school. It was like a program that was at Nova Southeastern University, my alma mater. Um, And then they were like, you got to do biology for your undergrad. So I was like, "Okay." so then I learned that biology is the same. It's the same exact thing as pre-med. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to do pre-med, I might as well just be a doctor, Yeah, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to go be a doctor. I finished my degree and then it was time to take the MCAT. That test is eight hours long. It's eight hours long. It's organic chemistry, regular chemistry, biology, anatomy, physics. It's intense. It's a lot. Um, and I'm a, I'm a nerd, so it wasn't something that I was like super afraid of, but I also have ADHD. So it's like to sit through that long test, my attention span is not too good. So I don't really perform well standardized test wise. I'm better at like classes and, you know, I would always ace my classes and whatnot, but that standardized test, like by hour three, 
I'm pulling my hair out. Like I don't, I can't even focus anymore. You know what I mean? So I took the test. I didn't perform that great. And then it would have been a case of, I would have had to retake the test. Oh, damn. And I was like, do I really want to do that? Let me think about it first. So I took a year off and I worked for like an AmeriCorps program, which is basically they place you at a nonprofit of your choice and you work in the nonprofit industry and you just kind of get to see what that looks like. And I was placed at an adoption agency. My story is like so all over the place. Um, and I was at the adoption agency and they were like a wellness facility that they, they provided therapy to families to, um, reconnect families together. It wasn't about, I'm going to take your kids because you're in the court system and that's it. That's all you have hope for. It was about, let's reunite these families and let's give them resources so that they can reunite. So the therapy aspect of it was what made me go, Hmm, I think I like psychology. And then I went that direction. So that was okay. that story. No, you you know, everybody's life being all over the place is definitely why I even wanted to start like a podcast because, right. you know, everybody might see our social medias, you know, whether it's our business or personal or whatever, mm -hmm. and think like, oh, we just have it made off rip and we right. never dealt with anything or anything Absolutely. like that. But, Everyone you know, I always story. like to humanize everybody behind the page, behind the social media, because we all have a story. Yeah. And it definitely doesn't start off easy. And so going from a field like that to modeling, you know, was your family shocked or anything? Oh, no, I don't think I don't think any of them thought that I really wanted to go to medical school. Mm. <laughs> they were like. Yeah, they were happy that I wanted to because all of my family, I mean, I come from a Caribbean and Span Hispanic background. Uh, my whole family, like the Caribbean side, they're all nurses. Like, I don't know why that's a Caribbean thing, but it is. So um, my mom definitely insisted for me to pursue that. Um, but God rest her soul, she passed when I was in my bachelor's program. So mm. she didn't know that I transitioned. And I think also that might have a little bit to do with why I transitioned because maybe I was doing it a little bit for my mom, you know, and then it was like, okay, the motivation is gone. I don't want to do this anymore, you know? So, um, I don't know. Um, they weren't, I think they just, <laughs> I don't think that they today really even know what I do. Got it. They just are kind of like, okay, she's all over the place. Like, we love her for her. It is what it is. Okay, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> so where do you feel like that push for entrepreneurship after, you know, getting the degrees and everything, switching and going through the yeah. whole nine really started to develop? Like, okay, I need to take this a lot more serious. It took a while. It definitely took a while because I think I had that mentality that my family instilled in me, which was you work hard, you get your degree and you go work for somebody and you have that job security. I never explored or even fathomed to explore being an entrepreneur. That always seemed like something that was scary and unpredictable. So I'm kind of the first out of my core family that is even possibly remotely exploring that kind of industry. So it's different. And I don't think that it's in my nature. So I constantly every day have to 
learn from other people that maybe do know a little bit more than me and you know i'm going against the grain for sure got it okay okay so take us on a little journey through the modeling stuff so now this is fast forward to you again you just got your first check that took you two weeks of therapy you know what's going through your head at this point i was like man if i made this off of one job imagine if i was actually available during office hours to be able to do morning shoots and to travel and do those kind of shoots i was just like ooh. There's a lot of possibilities here. There's acting, there's, you know, there's so many industries that you can do artistically that pay that amount. But I also was like, I don't think it's necessarily sustainable. Maybe it's just when I'm young. I'm not thinking like there's actors and actresses that are in their 70s or whatever. But um, I was just like, you know, worst case scenario, I can always go back to therapy. I have the degree, you know, obviously there is some kind of certification that I would have to pass to make sure that I still have my knowledge, but I don't have to redo school. So it's not a total loss. Um, I only am one young once. So let's try it. If it doesn't work, we'll figure out something else. So I just went with it. Okay. That's a good perspective to look at it. Yeah. So now that you're fully in it and you're scaling what are some of the things in your industry you would say like you more so target like you know have you figured out like who you want to work with who you definitely don't want to work with like oh my god yeah (laughs) i mean i so you were at a photo shoot that i was at right Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you remember or if you could recall but the type of clothing that I picked. It was very different from everybody else that was there. Mm I am very adamant to control my narrative. I do not allow anybody, you know, I don't don't care, you know, we're building content or whatever, like to influence me to do anything that I don't want to do because I've learned, I've, I've, you know, got my feet wet in certain areas and I was like, this isn't for me. This is for me and whatever, you know? Um, I, I don't really participate in modeling anymore like that. I'm more of, like you said, that this is a podcast and where you're talking about self-branding. I'm more focused on making sure that everything that I do is in alignment with my brand. That's really important to me. So being a creator allows you that space that you could be a lot more. You, you get booked because a brand might reach out to you specifically because they like your personality. Mm. And that allows me a lot more freedom and a lot more control to be able to stand 10 toes down and be like, I'm controlling my narrative. So um, I love, 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 love my new endeavor of exploring podcasting because like I said, I'm producing it. Um, You know, we're all co-producing it, co-hosting it. We control who comes on our show. We control the narrative of the show. So if I want to in inter- include some kind of therapy aspect to it i can exactly. do that you know so that's exactly what i did um my podcast toxics anonymous is a play on of the addiction treatments realm so if like you might just hear the the name and you hear toxics anonymous what is that think of alcoholics anonymous think of narcotics anonymous so it's actually not a toxic podcast it's the opposite mm-hmm. it's 
a support group for people that maybe were toxic in their past life and don't want to be anymore. So they tune into Toxics Anonymous as we kind of navigate through awareness of these are toxic situations and how do we change those situations? So that's really, you know, but that was like my whole concept. I was like, this is my past life. I want to include this into my current life somehow. Got it. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Well, the moment that you started doing the podcast, I didn't know that um, you had a therapy background necessarily, but, you know, seeing you talk and how comfortable you were, because I did watch a few episodes and I'm like, you know, okay, like, you know, she's, you know, this isn't, you didn't feel brand new to you. And so, you know, with that, I can definitely see how that can be, you know, a best of both worlds for you. And so what are some goals do you feel like, you know, you would want to accomplish within your podcast? Um, We definitely want to have like a variety of different guests. So we don't just want it, it's a catch 22, right? Because you want entertaining guests, mm-hmm. people that are going to bring an audience. But I also don't want to sacrifice the the meat and potatoes of the podcast just for entertainment purposes because that would be toxic so um there's got to be a balance so we're gonna have yes we're gonna have entertaining guests we had jamie fox on our Mm -hmm. second episode which was crazy i still can't believe that that happened but um you know he is has told us stories about he's very toxic himself and we were trying to like you know tell him you're better than that you know what i mean (laughs) like why don't you do it this way instead whatnot and then we also had uh two plastic surgeons on our show this past week that we just filmed and they came and they talked about body dysmorphia face dysmorphia different um psychological things that go into that practice so it's going to be very different and I think that my overall goal of it is just to be informative, to raise awareness for mental health, um, to promote positivity in our climate and social that's very rare nowadays, I'm feeling. Um, And not rare because there are a lot of platforms that do promote positivity, but I feel like a lot of times the attention is on toxic things and trying to get people to think lowly of themselves yeah. and whatnot. So I want to do the opposite of that. I want to, I want to, um, I want to promote positivity. Totally. Got it. So do you feel like going this podcast kind of route and straying away from the modeling necessarily mm-hmm. hurt your audience more on social media and hurt your brand influence more? Or how does that work out? Mm. It could go one of two ways. Um, First of all, your audience is quantity or quality. So a quality audience would be an audience that they are, they have depth to them. It's not just, oh, I want to look at pictures of you. They actually rock with the way that you are. They rock with your personality, what you stand for. They support you as a whole. Because that's what being a brand is. You are providing the information, the the key to get to know you as much as possible. Obviously, there's limits to that. But um, you're giving them that key. Whereas if I was just posting pictures, it's only your attention span is short. All you have to do is just look. You don't have to think. You know what I mean? So 
I think that I strive for an audience that thinks a little bit more. I'm not saying that my, all of my audience is that, you know, but the ones that are, they'll like it. The ones that aren't, they won't like it. And will they unfollow? I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, people that just look and double tap on your pictures, but don't ever support any of your endeavors of things that you do, they don't, um, I don't know, they don't grow with you, then you're never going to be able to monetize off of them anyway, mm. in any way, shape or form. They don't support you. So it's just based off of views, which right now I'm monetizing off of. So that's a whole nother story. But mm. You get what I mean. It's it's not it's not necessarily a valuable audience. And so do you feel like you as, you know, being able to monetize social media, do you find yourself having to do a lot of like random reels or, you know, oh, just things to post stuff yeah. and like how does that make you feel when it comes into your brand? Because me naturally knowing you, you're a very authentic person. And so mm, yeah. do you feel like it's work or, you know, you just like, okay, well. Do you have it scheduled out? Do you have a team? It's a job, 100%. Social media for me is a job. Uh, I monetize off of my views on Reels. I also monetize off of um, the subscriptions on Instagram. So that was big for me too. I would, I was very, very against doing OnlyFans. Um, so when Instagram did their subscriptions, I was like, okay, it's Instagram. So it's not the same connotation as, as OnlyFans. And Instagram in their terms specifically says no nudity, no explicit photos. So there's no confusion here. You know what I mean? Like if you're subscribing to my subscriptions, you should know that it's going to be PG-13 and you have to subscribe because you want to just be supportive of my art. You know, if I'm going to do photo shoots or if I'm going to do longer videos and stuff like that, like you'll subscribe for that because really Instagram's not even showing your photos anymore. So mm -hmm. why not put it behind a, a subscription platform? to the people that actually appreciate that kind of stuff yeah you know but um other than that like the reels and stuff it it's work like i say okay at 12 it's 12 o'clock it's time to post something and i'll do like my little three three second clip got it of whatever outfit that i'm wearing wherever i'm going whatever like it's very shallow really because it's just me walking to different places in different outfits and the only reason why it gets engagement is because the people that watch it like the way that I look, you know, which that's fine. That's kind of a facet of Instagram, too. That's one facet of Instagram. There's so much more that I have to offer, but you wouldn't know that just by looking at those reels. But you would know that by looking at my other material that I have on my page. But you got to dig a little deeper for that. 100 percent. And yeah. so do you work with other like influencers do you work with other content creators um do you do like promo things like do you have because you have a very big audience and so you know does somebody come to you and say hey i'll pay you like 100 bucks for like 24 hours on your story or something like that mm -hmm. so back in the day and if we're talking to the viewers about how do you grow your audience because i'm sure that there's people out there that are wondering Back in the day, it was very different and you could do those things. Mm. You could do share for share. You remember that? Yeah. Um, and I did do those things, but I don't think that that is even close to why I have the following that I have. Mm. Um, 
it started it out it made it look somewhat good but i went from like 700,000 to 1.6 million kind of within a week Sheesh. and that was off of one video one viral video that it got i can't remember how many millions of views but it was like something like 80 million views or something Damn. like that and all of my followers are really from that one video Mm. You know, so all of the work that I did of doing share for share and all that stuff was just all I needed was that one video. <laughs> mm. So now I'm like, dang. But nowadays it's like anybody could become viral. You don't need any followers. You just need that right piece of content. And I do also want to say this, that one video that went viral, I'm fully clothed, pants, Sure, no bathing suit, nothing. It's just, I mean, my pants might be a little tight, but fully clothed. So you don't have to be naked. You don't have to be doing controversy. You're never going to see me in controversy. You're never going to see me on the blogs associated with this person or th that person. That's not my style, you know? So you can build a following authentically, but you got to be consistent. And I think that's the key. I post at the same time every day. I post every single day and different ways of posting too. I do a reel, then I'll do a live and then I'll do stories throughout the day or something like that. But if you work towards it, if you build it, it will grow. But also you have to remember that these platforms are going to help who helps them. So if you're providing entertainment that is going to keep eyes on the platform and not make people closing out of the platform, then they're, they'll help you push your material. Mm. So however you do that, figure it out, find a niche that really gets people's attention and just stick with it. No, those are some real gems right there. Okay. And so <laughs> do you ever see yourself really venturing out to like tiktok and like i'm on facebook. tiktok oh, okay yeah i'm on tiktok i'm on facebook uh i don't even go on facebook but i have it attached to my instagram mm -hmm. i think i have like a hundred thousand followers on facebook and i don't even log in um and then tiktok i have like 1.3 million wow tiktok was actually i got to a million on tiktok first mm. and it was like same thing that I'm saying. It was an overnight video that just went viral. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh crap, where'd all these people come from? You know? yeah. So it's just, you never know with these platforms because they also do control the, the posts and their ability to go viral. So it's kind of like trial and error. You just gotta throw things against the wall and see what sticks. But God, if you man. stay consistent and you stay diligent, you never know, it might be that day that that one video might just go viral okay okay so what's three key pieces of advice you would give to you know male or female you know somebody that's just trying to really solidify themselves you know being a content creator say that again three pieces of key advice that you would give to somebody trying to be a content creator like full-time okay consistency that's number one um, learning. Oh, I'll give this one because this one I should have done and I didn't do. But now if I had to go back, I wish I did. Find a niche in something that you're very interested in. Don't do content 
because you believe that this is the easy way to get viral content. Like for example, for me, I was doing those modeling uh, bathing suit pictures because they were getting so many likes quickly. I mean, you know, I, I have body and whatever. I look a certain way. People like it. That's obvious. However, can you sustain that? Is that going to be something that you even want to sustain? Because now I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't want to pose in a bathing suit. So then when you change your mind, you're already typecasted as that. So you got to keep it up. So don't do that. Go for what you're actually passionate about. Like if you like to cook, be a cooking influencer. If you like to be in the ocean, be a scuba influencer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so decide that earlier on in your journey. Pick your niche. Um, and then three. Ooh, I have to narrow it down to three. <laughs> you can do more than three. Consistency pick a niche and patience mm. just be patient you know and so it how long happen. would you say it took because that plays on both consistency and patience but yeah. how long would you say it took for you to even get to 700,000 10 years mm. yeah it took 10 years that's what i'm saying like if i had just gave up after year one i would have never got to where i'm at now I wouldn't have even known how to monetize. I mean, I, I was monetizing differently back then. I was doing like brand deals and mm -hmm. I was modeling a lot. So different brands, I would do like e-commerce and that kind of stuff. But now I don't need to leave my house. You know what I mean? It's like DoorDash hit me up and is like, we need a video, a viral video. Okay, I made a video in my own house. You know what I mean? So to have those kind of luxuries, you you gotta you gotta build it. Mm. And it takes mm. a while. So you just kind of just throw a bomb out of nowhere. You just say that super subtle, like DoorDash, you know, hit me up and did this. And so with brands like that, you know, what what would you say? Man, I don't even know what I said. That excited me, that question. Um, <laughs> what would you say? Like, how do you get yeah. high brands like that? Yes. Usually you get it through an agency. Mm you know, and you apply for it. But sometimes they will reach out to you directly. And it's very few and far in between when that happens. At least for me, because like I said, I'm not a niche niche based creator. Niche based creators have it easy. Like if if I'm a makeup girl, then I'm most likely going to get a lot of makeup brands yeah. hitting me up and whatnot. But because I'm a lifestyle influencer, you know what I mean? Like they they don't feel like my whole audience is watching specifically for that. Got it. So, but a brand like DoorDash it's everybody. encompasses everybody. A brand like Samsung encompasses everybody. You know, so those are huge brands that I am able to work with, but it's it's more limited because like I said, it's it's not niche based. A lot of my audience is male. Got it. You know what I mean? So. Okay, okay. And so do you have like merch? Did you do you have things that you kind of just scale yourself into um e-commerce? Do you do or do you plan on doing stuff like digital mm -hmm. content, making courses for people that wanna, you know, follow in those type of footsteps? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't charge for you know the the knowledge that I have. Um 
a lot of the services that I do on social media are free and available to everyone. You know, like my podcast, if you want to tune in, you could tune in for free. You can, you know, download on Spotify and or Apple Music, iHeartRadio or YouTube. Um, and then and I, I give a lot of game that is worth a lot of money on that podcast. So that's that. Um, the only thing that costs anybody anything is if you want to subscribe to my Instagram. Um, but other than that, I've done e-commerce. I had a sock business, Oh, you know, because I was like, OK, I have a lot of male following. What do men like? Socks. Let's do socks. <laughs> and um, that was during the pandemic. And it was it was doing really well during the pandemic. But after the pandemic, it was like harder to keep up with it because the shipping and that kind of stuff. It was like coming from overseas. It wasn't really my thing. Uh-huh. you know dealing with the the tediousness of e-commerce so i don't know if i'm going to necessarily explore that anytime in the near future but what i do know is that with the podcast maybe later on down the line we might get into merch so Got if it. it's dealing with the podcast yes but i don't think for myself i would be like okay let me come out with a product probably not Okay. And so right now it's just you. You don't have like a manager or agency. No, or I have a manager. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so your manager, how essential would you say their role is to, you know, also pushing your brand forward? My manager. Okay. So the thing about managers versus agencies, because that's another thing that a lot of people may not know. Um, a manager works for you. So whatever work you give them is what they do. You know, whereas an agency is the one that has these relationships with brands and may bring things to you that you didn't have access to. So my manager is only working off of what kind of emails that I'm getting and, and wow. whatnot, you know. So they're just org- keeping me organized. That's the kind of manager that I have. Okay. And at what point do you feel like someone should start looking into getting a manager? When you cannot keep up with your stuff on your own, you know, like I I got to the point where I can't sit, I can't sift through business emails because it's just like, there's a lot of companies that they don't state clearly what they want. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I have this product I want you to promote. Okay, what's your budget? What are you looking for? You know, what are the deliverables? What date do you want this? You know what I mean? Um, So it's like a waste of time a lot of times. And then they hear what you charge and then they're like, you know what I mean? So um, I need just somebody to be like the point person, like handle those emails. And that way we could spend more time on what we need to spend more time on. Got it. I got it. Okay. But if you don't have a lot of emails, then do it yourself. You know what I mean? It took me a very long time to get a manager. I just got a manager this year. Mm. Well, last year, actually. But I was doing all of that by myself before. Okay. And so how do you feel like that, you know, or this, all of this in general affects your like work slash life balance? Like, you know, what, what time do you feel like you have sectioned out for you? Oh, I, you don't have to tell me twice to take a mental health day. Like I am a very firm believer. Mind you, I was in the mental health field. So Mm -hmm. I'm big on balance. I understand mind, body, spirit, core, you know? So 
I make time for the gym. I make time for cooking for myself. I make time for spending time with my friends. I make time to, I'm, I'm a big spiritual girl. I make time to read the Bible. I make time to share the Bible on Instagram. I do um, book reviews of the Bible, you know, and I speak the word. I'm not a pastor or anything like that, but I want to learn the Bible. So I've, I've turned my creator life into, okay, this is another excuse to do more content. But at the same time, I get to read the Bible, you know, so you make time, you make time for things that you want. And I'm a firm believer of that. I, I don't believe that there's, I'm just so busy that I don't have time for me anymore. I'm a creator. That means I could create my own schedule. Mm. <laughs> so I like how you definitely put that. I'm a creator. That means I can create my own schedule. That part. Highlight. Okay. <laughs> and so with the podcast that you have, how did you meet the people that you started it with? So I'm doing the podcast with my two co-hosts, Aisha Talia and DDF Baby, Danielle. Um, and me, actually, the three of us worked on the set of a music video way back in the day. And um, that was like our first interaction together. But moving forward, I don't think we carried on to enter a friendship until like later. So we always knew each other. We always respected each other. And then just one day I got really close to Didi. We went on a, a trip to Tulum for her birthday and we we were inseparable ever since. So me and her have always had conversations about starting a podcast because the both of us have been in podcasts before. I used to have a podcast with one of my other girlfriends, but um, it didn't really work out because she wasn't as like serious about it as I was. Yeah. And um, her, I think it was kind of the same thing. Like it wasn't a match with who she was doing the podcast with. So we were always like, yo, our conversations as girlfriends are lit. Like if we had a podcast, we'd have so much to say, like it'd be turned up. So one day we were like, let's do it. And then we were like, man, I feel like we need just another person and we thought really carefully about it. And the reason why we chose Aisha, she has a really strong women following. She's like a female advocate, mm. very like strong spoken, like you going to hear her perspective. She's all on social media talking about her opinions. Like she's not shy away from her opinion. So I loved her, you know, as an option and she was down. So here we are. Okay. Okay. And so now scaling all of these different businesses, would you say you're going to more so enable yourself to get into different markets like real estate and stocks, crypto, all that type of stuff? I'm already in real estate. I have my real estate license, hmm. but I only work real estate if it's somebody that I know. Um, I don't sit in an office and, and do all that. So because like, you're in the industry and you're going to meet a lot of people. So it would be very foolish to not have your real estate license. True. You know what I mean? And then you'd have to refer them out to somebody else. And then now they're making money off of your connection. So I was like, let me just have it just in case. <laughs> so I have it. But, you know, like I said, it's not a full time job um, as far as crypto and that kind of stuff. We see how that has played out. Yeah, we definitely have. 
I don't know about the crypto market right now. <laughs> I made some bad investments. <laughs> so I'm kind of like feeling salty about that industry. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so really any of those get rich quick schemes mm -hmm. should probably stay away from those. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a, a period of people that make money in it, you know, that definitely have a sort of rise in it and you know we had somebody who came on here the other day and he was talking about crypto and in, in a complete different way yeah. than i've been introduced to it you know mm. i just thought it was more so the the coins buying and selling but you know he introduced a more like longevity kind of aspect mm. to it and it made sense but even in my head i'm still like you know it's gambling <laughs> yeah let's just say it crypto is gambling exactly so sometimes you're gonna win Mm -hmm. sometimes you're gonna lose okay okay and so do you have any new things coming out for 2023 anything that we should be looking forward to i mean tune in to toxics anonymous y'all you're gonna like this podcast i promise it all right all right and so looking forward to building that definitely where can people find you on social medias i am kristen live across the board not i am kristen live just kristen live Across the board, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. Um, if it's not Kristen Live, it's not me. I have to specify that because there's some cat bitches out there. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. Actually, I think YouTube is Kristen Live official. Okay. That's the only one that's different. Other than that, Kristen Live. Um, yeah. Okay, and then definitely make sure y'all are tuned into the Toxic Anonymous podcast. You know, they're a very, very entertaining group, but they also do have very entertaining topics. You know, it's, it's things that make you think. And guests. And yeah. Our guests are pretty lit. Exactly. So, <laughs> so. you know, make sure y'all tap in. Kristen, again, thank, thank you so you. much for coming to the show. And, you know, as we say, we look good. We live good. Life is good. Talk to us. We talk back. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, do everything. And we'll see you next episode. Over and out.